I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between them. So Christmas happened. It did. And it started with the kids being gone because visitation and that's what happens. Yes. And it was kind of nice to just have Christmas and do nothing. I agree. We went to a friend of mine's white elephant party. We did. (laughs) (laughs) Says the introvert. So my stepmother always sends us these gifts from Fiji's, which is a mail order catalog and now a website, but has long been a mail order catalog gifty type things. And it's always sort of been this, yeah, what on earth is she going to get for us this time? Five stuffed bears in lederhosen or... Yes, and, and you find it slightly annoying. I find it just amusing. And then my sister decided to get on board with the mail order giftiness. I, I have an Amazon wish list for a reason. You didn't want Fiji's? It's not on your list? Oh, wait, I noticed that. No, it's not on my list. Thank <laughs> you for noticing. <laughs> she probably noticed, too. She sent us these little stuffed... Santa boots with like sausage and cheese and candy. Yes, I don't mean stuffed like a stuffed animal or like a plush toy. I mean like they were stuffed with edibles. And by edible, I mean preserved edibles. Taste like chemicals. Well, that's what they send in the mail. Yes, it is. If you want other cheese, you have to buy that at the store. That's why I don't buy my cheese in the mail. <laughs> So thus, we had a white elephant gift to bring to your (laughs) colleague's party. I did. Yes. So yes, we we packed up these little booties and these are kind of hokey, cheesy, haha things to bring, and people find them funny, like I do. Yes, and that's you know you you always get at a white elephant party. You get like one or two people who get the thing that's a real gift, and then you have one or two people who bring like the what the hell is this kind of gift. And this time that was us. Yeah, we brought the real white elephant gift. Yeah. But they liked it. They did. The they first did. person who chose it liked it. Yes, she she had the opportunity to trade it away numerous other times and chose not to. She wanted to keep the preservative-laden goodies in Santa boots. They were funny. They were funny. Yeah. And they thought you were funny, too, or you thought they thought you were funny, too. I wasn't sure, but they were a little funny, too. But then you explained that to me. Yes. Because I said, I wonder if they think I'm funny because they seem to think I'm a younger guy than I am. But I'm not, and apparently they probably don't think so either. Well, they they know that you are my husband who is my wife. And at least all of my colleagues know what's going on with that. Although I'm not sure that most of them would realize that that means that you are going to most likely look young than you are because that's just but how I, guys like you are often. I, yes, they are. And then I had that problem before that anyway. You did. Not really a problem, but that uh-huh. situation. It's true. Of looking younger than I was. Mm-hmm. Especially since you make me dye your hair. Yes. But I feel tired with gray hair. It's allowed to feel tired when you've survived for I can't this feel long. tired. There's two eight-year-olds in my house. I don't have time for that. Fair enough. So there you go. So So eventually the oldest of my colleagues figured out how old you were because she kept saying that she was the oldest person there and she was not. 
I, I told her, no, you are not. But I'm quite sure. Then as we were leaving, you were saying something about you thought they might have thought you were odd. And I said, you do realize that we are at the home of a music teacher and a computer programmer. They're all a little odd. Well, it was a funny thing because the guys were much younger. And of course, there was very few of them because even one of the programmers was female Uh that came over out of the guys. The husband's colleagues that came to the party. So they kind of knew each other, you know, from work and and maybe otherwise like gone to high school together or some other such. I think they had been in the same programming degree, their college or something. They had similar They knew each other for a while and they were the same age and they have the same type of concerns of, look, a girl's texting me, that kind of thing. So I didn't have that (laughs) to talk to them about and I don't have programming to talk about and I don't have music to talk about and that's okay because I don't really care if I talk since I'm an introvert. And I can just stand there while everybody talks. It's fine with me. You don't mind being the audience in the conversation. (laughs) No. And with a bunch of music teachers, that tends to work out well. Yeah, we did require an audience occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) And and then uh, you were jesting with one of the guys who really didn't get your jest. Oh, yes. They were talking about girls texting and sort of arguing with one another who had more game with the women. And I think that was their verbiage. But, you know, who had uh, better skills at attracting female attention. I think he just said, I'm better with women than you are to his friend. Uh Uh-huh. And then they disagreed. And then you stepped in and really confused the hell out of them. Because I was going to say, I have better game than either of you. But the shorter of the two of them looks at me and thinks that I'm trying to get in on his game. Right. Be the recipient of his game. And so I didn't get the chance to say, I have more game than you. No one else thought that. No one else thought that. But they did find it amusing because they were at that point the audience. They were. (laughs) So once he figured it out, then the two other guys left the room and just me and the shorter guy were there. And after a while, I decided I was leaving the room and he wheeled himself in the other room and said, you left me alone and I felt awkward. (laughs) It was very funny the way he said it. And then he parked himself in front of the video where I was, and we just, you know, sat there with the programmer guy watching a video. That's great. Yeah. That was funny. You guys were watching Elf, I think, yeah? Yeah. His wife said, we need to watch Elf. And I thought, whatever. And his wife promptly went into the kitchen and didn't watch Elf. No, but she had him put it on for us. Yes. (laughs) So there. Yeah. So that that was funny. Then we got to come home and it was like Christmas Eve and we're trying to figure out what to have for dinner. And we realized that most people have their Christmas and Christmas Eve dinners planned out well in advance and they don't need to go to the grocery store at six o'clock on Christmas Eve to get their... Well, first of all, it was slightly earlier. However, there were other people in the store, but that's not the point. This is true. Most people have like, we're having ham for Christmas dinner or we're having whatever they usually have. Although I did notice on our drive to and from the grocery store that there were a number of pizza delivery trucks out. Well, here's the thing. Our Christmas was going to be late. So we had not considered what we were going to have for dinner. On actual Christmas Eve. Right. Because there was nobody else to feed and it was just sort of us. Yes. So we had not any idea what to do about it and we didn't care. We often don't think about what we're going to eat on any given night before that night. Well, when there's children, we have a certain amount of things that they'll eat when it comes to... Well, well, most dinners, you come home from work and then you say, I made this and you make something. Mm Mm-hmm. 
because it's possibly what the children will either eat or just complain about. But in either case, you make it. I make a protein and a vegetable and sometimes a starch. Yes, usually a starch. Usually. Yes, because we can bribe them to eat their other foods with the starch. Yes. So here we are at the grocery store still trying to decide what we are going to eat. We don't have to make any of these things that we have stocked up around the house to feed young people because there are no young people to feed. We can eat whatever the hell we want. If we knew what it was. That's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, what on earth do we do with ourselves when we're not managing small people? I I felt a little lost. It's kind of funny. Yeah, and when he went to bed early tonight, I I felt a little lost. I'm like, what do I do now? Huh. Hmm. And I had already finished my homework for the day while you were still out at work. So I had nothing else to do either except share dinner with you. But anyway, on Christmas Eve, we went to the grocery store and then I made pad thai. Yeah, she said, I think I'll make pad thai. And I said, it was one of the few things I thought I might feel like eating, which having been slightly under the weather somehow, having some other man illness related probably to the previous <laughs> man, man illnesses Aww. I had, I, I didn't really have an appetite. So that right. was one of the things I thought, oh, yes, I think I could eat some of that. Yes, I you're- hadn't hardly eaten anything because I, I told you, I'm obviously ill. I don't even have an appetite for chocolate. Which was horrifying. That's mildly disconcerting. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And not terribly surprising, though, given the fact that you are still recovering from diverticulitis and the effects of all the antibiotics they gave you to overcome the diverticulitis. Yeah. Which antibiotics always do a number on your digestive system. For a while. So... Then we did get the kids back the next day on actual Christmas. Oh, yes. But first, oh, first my, my mother left me a message in the morning and said, call me and let me know what time you're picking me up to go to grandma's. Well, this was after we had been over there the night before. With the oven, which we've already reported. Yes. Thanks to your yes, um, when we recorded, missing yes. episodes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we had been there the night before and she had said earlier in the week that she didn't want to go to Christmas. But then that night she said, yes, I will go tomorrow. What time? And I said four. And then she called in the morning and said, call me. So I tried to call her, tried to call her, tried to call her. And then eventually I got her, and I said, four o'clock. And I was having a rough time with the connection, so I didn't think anything of it, until about an hour later when she called and said, George, help me, and hung up the phone. And I said, something is wrong. I need to go to my mother's now. I will meet you at Grandma's. And I was getting ready to go and pick up numbers one and three children, so... And number two child was already there with his mommy, so... Yes. So I went over there, and she's apparently dropped her blood glucose meter way too many times, which happens when you can't see what you're doing. It does. And it told her her blood sugar was high, so she took what she thought was the appropriate amount of insulin to address the issue. However, it was apparently wrong, possibly by a 100 or more, and she took too much insulin and had a very bad reaction. So when I got there, I thought, I'm going to have to call a paramedic. And then she was going to have a heart attack because she's like, no, 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 no. You can help me. Really, you can. Just calm down. And I'm standing there perfectly calm. But she's not because she's (laughs) She's shaking. No. And I said, okay, I will try to help you. And it took her a long time to explain to me anything to do because she was at the end of an insulin reaction. She had woken up in a sweat soaked her clothes, you know, through with sweat. I mean, she might have been passed out for a couple hours. I really don't know. And she's quite insistent there was not to be any hospital or paramedics. So, you know, anybody has the right to make that decision. 
Yes. And so I did my best, and then her blood sugar started evening out, and then we had to start figuring out what had happened. And after she got in a spot where I figured she was safe, I went to grandma's and told her I'd bring her some food in a little while. I'm firmly on board with the idea that everyone has the right to access or refuse services that may benefit them as they so choose. I am not quite on board with the idea of making other people deal with you because you refuse to access services, but... Well, I think it's a learning curve. I mean, she's quite stubborn, and I'm sure she's still not counting her carbs. So until I can deal with her on that, these other mistakes can happen. But not feeling so well having this just recently happen, she's not going to be receptive to it yet. But I think I'll just sick her doctor on her, which I called her doctor today, because once they were open, I called them and said, here's what happened. Good for you. So they would know if there was something else that needed Uh to be addressed, or if something came up, or whatever. I'm not entirely certain that she wasn't eating the pumpkin pies that she had made and, like you said, not counting her carbs and that she wasn't self-sabotaging. But that's my outside observation and I could be wrong. I don't know. It is often suspicious that my mother will say, yes, I will go to the XYZ thing, being like 10 times more of an introvert than I am, and then at the last minute become sick. Now, a lot of times she becomes sick in the way of I don't feel well no, and I, don't I feel like, stay home. I don't feel like going now, which is fine. And I still haven't actually reported her event to my sister, who will not like it because, you know. Because your sister doesn't like anything even remotely stressful in general. Well, I didn't like it either, but my <laughs> sister stresses more about it. She does. Because she's farther away and because death is a stressful thing to her. And not that it's not to me, but I just, I didn't see this as a life or death situation. I thought it as a, that's got to be really damn uncomfortable, but... Your sister has issues around death and her brain will tend to go there a whole lot quicker than yours. She's a Catholic. I'm sorry. It's just different for them. Yeah. It's just, well, you've got the same one lifetime thing that I don't believe in, so whatever. So as I'm taking... Mishaps. Yeah. etc. As you're doing that, I'm taking numbers one and three children to grandma's house, not your mom, granny's house. Right. But I'm taking them to our adopted grandma's house. Where she is having ham and other Christmas fixins. Yes. And so we eat, and you arrive shortly thereafter. And uh, you guys weren't eating yet. You were still snacking. We were still snacking. Number two child was having a difficult time with himself, and his mother said that he had been having a difficult time, and he seemed under the weather. She had texted me the day before saying he seems like he has a cold. Right. In any case, he was giving himself a difficult time. And that often happens when there's a transition, and when the transition involves like you and his mom being in the same room at the same time, more so for him. He senses that mild discomfort, and being the child who always wants to play a power struggle if he senses that there's even potentially one to be had, he goes for it and gets himself all wound around himself, which having already been sick was going to be another adventure. Yes. And then he had a total meltdown when his mother and I realized and recognized and verbalized that Neither of us believes anything he tells us about the other one's house, because he's always telling us, she lets me, she gives me. 
And and then he was melting down, and I told him to come over by me, and I told him to settle down, and then I put him in the other room with a movie and let him shut up for a while, because that's what he needed to do. Yes. And we needed it too, and there was no, like, lesson or anything better going to come out of it at that point. No, he there was no reasoning with him to try and help him overcome that difficulty. He no. was just going to fuss and fuss until he was done fussing. And so I made him done fussing. Good job. Thank you. I appreciate it. Everybody that. seemed to enjoy that better, including him. Yes. Numbers one and three children had just come home from their dads, which means that they have been sort of a independent, codependent unit. And they were really in this groove of just dealing with each other and sort of prone to making it a closed system. Then Number two, who is always such the extrovert that he just wants everybody's attention. He tries to edge in on, number three, come play with me. Number one, come look what I've got. Number three, come watch the movie with me. And if he had a little bit more tact and a little bit more social skills, he could probably make it work. I don't know. They're a pretty tough crowd. They are. They are. And we've talked to them about it before. And we had to talk to number one about it again after you took them to the game store, which I was kind of surprised that you did, but you didn't have the experiences that I had had with it. So now that I have, (laughs) we shall never go there again. No, I I don't. mm, We'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. So, yeah, they're kind of like shunning him and he's kind of just pushing himself into their unit. And I think overall it didn't explode. But I think if they had tried a few more times or if we had had to maintain it a few more days, we would have had some. Well, I told them to knock it off right right then. Yes. I said, look, you guys are doing this again. When he talks to you, it is the proper thing to answer, not make fun of him. Right. And I said to number one, you don't like it if somebody makes fun of you. And he says, well, you guys are always laughing at me. And I said, no, you are not the center of the attention of our world. No, we laugh a lot. And because of his autism and his self-consciousness, he tends to think that we are laughing at him. He does. But no. Or he wants to play the victim at that point because he doesn't want to be in trouble. Mm -hmm. I'm not having it. For example, you know, when number two wants numbers one and three to read him a gift tag that he can't quite read partially because it's in cursive and partially because it's two number zero from Albus Dumbledore, which is not terribly easy word for a kindergarten reading level to sound out. No. And he usually does ask them what something says and they usually answer him. But instead they were reading it to each other, showing each other and (laughs) making fun and leaving him out. And so anyhow. Anyway, we got from that to then the next day was our Christmas and we did get number zero child to come over. And after we had all of the presents unwrapped and all of our holidayness happened, then we had to break down the boxes and take the wrappers out to recycling or out to the trash if they were foil wrappers and so on and so on, you know, clean up. And number two, he's so funny, he's stuck on these scissors. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the scissors. He's all about any sort of blade. He is. He's drawn to, you know, like if there's a knife in the dishes sink. He he did it at my mom's house. He did. I was trying to open her package and I, I had a knife and he stuck his hand right in the way. And he said he got nicked. I didn't see any nick on him. But I said, well, blood circle, which is a term they use in his den for having a circle of safety when you are using a sharp object. And I said, you, you don't stick your hand in there. And so he knew he was wrong and he just backed off. Well, that's good. He wouldn't back off with the scissors when we were breaking down boxes, though, because he says, where are the scissors? And I was 
sitting on them. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, what do you need them for? And he says, to get the tape off. And I said, you don't get the tape off with scissors. You get the tape off by pulling it. We can't put these boxes in the recycling bin if they have the tape still on them. If you cut the tape into pieces, it'll be harder to peel off. Find an edge and start pulling. Peel the tape off, and then we throw the tape away and recycle the boxes. That's hard. And so I pull a corner and I say, see here, here, I started this corner for you. Pull from there. Oh, Where's the scissors? <laughs> no. He went back to it like three times. He did. He'd say, he no, did. no, we're not using the scissors. We're pulling we're the not, tape off. We're, oh, we're... okay. And then he'd start doing something. But where are the scissors? Yes. And that was just the constant, where are they? And I want the scissors. And <sighs> But holidays are always an adventure. And that's just the way of it. It's fairly mild. The rest of it was all right. It yes. was okay. It turned out all right. And so then there was the rest of the weekend, and it was relatively peaceful for our family. And Well, the game shop thing. Uh, you took those two kids. They, they were begging you, and I'm pretty sure it was number one who talked number three into asking. Well, I was taking the thing to my mom's, which is then the knife problem that number two child had, and then dropping off zero child at home. So I said I would take the kids to the game store because he wanted to go. I knew he was going to pester the you-know-what out of us. Number one was... To go to the store, and they had been good, so I thought, fine, I'll take them to the store. They had gotten money for Christmas that they wanted to spend, and we had our Christmas on Saturday, so all the stores were open, and they could go spend them. But I have generally not let them go spend their money on the day that they get it, as a general rule, because I have seen how it will cause them to ignore the gifts that they already have and only interact with the ones that they bought. Well, you didn't say that. I didn't. I just took them to the store and it was bananas in there. And GameStop the day after Christmas. Uh, Yeah. I don't know anything. I don't know anything in the whole store and I don't care. So I instructed number one, you know, when he asked if we could go, I said, well, what will your brother play with if you get your sister this thing with half of your money and half of hers? And he says, well, I have another one that he can play with. I said, okay, well, what will he play on it? He said, well, they have these other games there that are very fairly cheap and I can show him. I said, okay, you need to show him and help him find a game. So then when we got to the store, I repeated this procedure and he helped her find what she was finding, and then he helped himself find what he was finding, and that was it. And at that point, number two was so discombobulated that he wasn't sure what he was getting, and he kept trying to get something else and something else, and I think he just wanted to get something because they were getting something. And he had his money with him, so eventually I let him get something fairly small, and then later I talked to number one about it because... I wanted to figure out what was going on that was bothering me. And it was just the same thing. I mean, they were being selfish, and I had asked him to help his brother, and he didn't. And then you told him, well, when you were younger, you needed to be guided along in the store as well. Mm -hmm. And that's what your brother needs, and now it's your turn to do those things. So he understood that. But here's what I have to say. I am never, ever taking him to a game store again in my life. Good for you. You oughtn't. Not her either. No. There's no reason for me to. I don't care, and I don't need to be nice about it. Nope. I was just being nice. That's what you get for being nice to those two kids. To regret it every time. Those two, no. I, I, I felt like at that point, it wasn't clicking in my brain why I didn't want to do it. It wasn't connecting that I never take them to spend their money on the first day they get it. It, it, 
it wasn't connecting in my brain. I just felt like I was being the killjoy and I might as well let you do something nice. Well, that's okay. I learned my lesson. You can be a killjoy now too. No, I won't do it again. I might take number two child to a game store though, just to spite them. Taking number two to a game store again would be to spite you as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not if he, if we knew what we were getting for him. You know, but in any case, yeah. it's unnecessary. <laughs> it is. It's unnecessary. It totally is. But I had considered it. I think number two is still not feeling quite so well. I imagine he is not, considering today's events. What happened today? Well, he woke me up at about 5.20 and said he had had nightmares, which he has told me lately, and I need to talk to his doctor about it. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, you're awake and, you know, you're not having a nightmare now, so you can go in your room and do something in there, including get dressed or whatever, until it's time for me to get up. Yep. And so he did, and he did everything. Like, he came out and he said, look, Dad, I got dressed and I made my bed. And then he went downstairs and didn't fuss and ate breakfast. And then he went and brushed his teeth himself and put on his socks and shoes himself without being told. And all of this without being told and told and told and told, which is usually how we do it. Usually we tell him, go brush your teeth. He walks to the bathroom, he comes back and he asks, what was I doing? So... He was all on task all morning, and it was quite amazing. Yeah. And then I let him play with his phone while he was waiting for everybody, because he was quiet, and he had been good. And It seemed like he had earned a reward by that point in the morning. Yes. So he played with his phone, played some games, and and then it was time to leave, and he wasn't okay. No, he wasn't. But he wasn't terrible, not okay. He was just as usual. But I want this, and you're not giving it to me, and now I'm going to be angry about it type of unreasonable. And it's a combination of not getting what he wants with having had screen time. Which gives you instant gratification, which life it does not do. Sorry, folks. No. And, you know, there's pretty solid evidence and research and science about how kids who spend too much time on screens lose their social skills and become accustomed to instant gratification. And our boys especially, although I'm seeing it now more in the girl too, that... I'm shaking my head, yes. She's got a few more skills to overcome that type of conditioning, but the boys especially... Are susceptible. Yes. To this problem. So you let him calm down. You took him to his kids' club. Mm-hmm. And then they called this afternoon, and he had had an accident when they were skating. And not an accident accident, but like a mishap, a mishap. where he had hurt himself. He sprained his arm. You bet me $5 it would be fine by the time we went to get him, and <laughs> sure enough, it was. I had but a feeling. But what wasn't is I'm going into the kids' club to pick him up after work. I'm trying to rush and get in the john real quick before he finds me and follows me, and I hear him in the office, which is next to it. And I think, <sighs> oh, that's not good. And I'm trying to get it. And the phone starts ringing, and I see it's them, and I say, uh, look, I'm, I'm just here. I'll be right in. And they say, okay, we're in the office. So I go in the office. There's one staff he's worked with before. And there's another female staff that I don't recognize who I can see has had enough of this kid today. (laughs) And basically what happened is there was an altercation. He says people were bullying him. She says he basically told everybody and their mother to fuck off. And he wouldn't calm down and he kept screaming and yelling and using the F-bomb. So they suspended him for the rest of the week, which today is Monday. Today is Monday. He can't go for the rest of the week. And then he's hearing them say this and he's like, good, you know, he's because he's mad. And I say, nothing from you right now, young man. Yeah. And I asked him right away. I said, did you have your meds? Because I saw him sitting there when I came in having this meltdown. Mm -hmm. And he said he did. I wanted proof. And I saw the bottle. He did. 
Mm-hmm. But it did him no good. Well, it did him some good, but it didn't do enough good. Let's put yes. it that way, because <laughs> he was he was really not functioning well at that moment. So I said, you know, the thing to do with him once he's hit that space is to just, he's got to go sit down and calm down somewhere. And she said, well, he can't do those things. And so he suspended the rest of the week. And I said, that's understandable. I was already thinking he wasn't going to go tomorrow. I was going to keep him home. Because that's a punishment for him when he's wanting to go and play with his friends. That was what he was going on about this morning. He wanted to get out the door and play with his friends. He was tired of waiting for his brother and sister to get ready. Well, he was mad when we left there. So he was like, fine, I don't want to be there anyway. And I don't want to go there this week. And I just want to be with you. And then he he was very sweet to me. He, at that point, obviously had shooken himself up enough that he was comforting that I was just calm. I wasn't mad because I just thought, well, at least Jess is home for the week. This was going to happen sooner or later. We've come very close to it several times times. We have. And so, you know, it is what it is. It's a natural consequence tomorrow and the next day when he starts to get bored out of his mind and I say, no, you know, phone, no iPad, no whatever mm-hmm. for him while I'm gone. And he hears that and he has to just go play. Maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he's going to sleep because he's tired. And he doesn't feel well. I don't know. But what I, he told me on the way out, he said, well, I have anger problems. And I said, <laughs> I said, well, Your anger problems are still your responsibility and they will cause you consequences. And your consequences are these. I I don't know where he's gotten this phrase, but he's used it a couple times before. He hasn't in a while, but he was using it a lot like a year ago. No, it was about six months ago. And I told him the same thing then. I said, you can say that, but your anger will still result in your consequences. So you can be angry, but you cannot tell everybody fuck this and fuck that and fuck you. Do you understand me? You can't do that. You can be as angry as you want, but if you say those things... First of all, I'm going to start a swear jar at home, and every time you swear, I'm charging you a quarter. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of allowance for him. It is. It's a huge amount, but I'm fucking tired of the fuck bomb, okay? (laughs) So... So I told him, I said, I'm going to make a swear jar. And if, if I hear that you've sworn, you pay a quarter for every swear word you say. And he understood that. And that will help. Mm-hmm. But what I told him is that this is your your problem. If you do the thing, you will pay the consequence. Yep. So you will have to find a different way to deal with it when you are angry. And he was fine. And he, and he was very sweet to me. He's like, are we going home? Good. I'm glad we're going home. Like everything was the opposite of what it usually is. Usually it's all a fight. Why are we going home? Why can't you stop at Taco Bell first? Why can't I? Why can't I? And instead, he I want to stay like, and play with my friends more. And Oh, good, Dad. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> Yeah. Which was really, you know, nice un- in unfortunate circumstances, but very unusual for him. Right. So, you know, and that's why I didn't want to talk about it anymore once he got home. Mm-hmm. I just want to leave it alone and let it be a natural consequence because if you add extras onto a natural consequence, the natural consequence fails. Yeah. So we must leave it alone. Hooray for parenting. Wow. Who thought this was a good idea? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't feel too bad about it today, which is nice because a lot of days I do feel pretty bad about it, but today I don't. Right. So I'm, I'm glad. That's good. Yes. Overall, I mean, even with the meltdown today, the past week and the holidays and everything have gone not badly considering. No, those were all the difficult parts because only the difficult parts were interesting. If we sat here and told the microphone and then our kids sat on the couch, not so interesting. And then they handed each other presents and paid attention while each one opened them. Yeah. And riveting. No, we, we enjoyed that part. We, we ate breakfast together and they all had good manners for the most part. Okay, you're a liar there. But anyhow, 
um, those things would be boring. But we did enjoy all the things in between. And there were lots of things in between. It's unfortunate that when it does go there, it's like a huge disaster for him. It is. But I don't have any other solutions for that right now. Well, hopefully this week he'll be able to rest and he'll be well enough and in control of himself enough to go back next week. We shall see. Mostly because next week numbers one and three come back from their dads and they need to have a week to do that. Well, we'll see. We might have to ask the babysitter to take him instead. Yeah. In the meantime, Bob will be very glad when we are done talking to the stick on the stool. Yes. And can have his squeaky toys back. (laughs) It's true. So is that it? That's it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! And all the life that happens between them. You're speaking softly. I am. You are. <clears throat> Poor Bob doesn't understand why he took, we took his squeaky toys away. Too bad. I, I explained to him we have to talk to the microphone. He has to wait. He's pretty smart. He might understand that. He might. He's moping a little, though. <laughs> He's allowed. So I agree. That I don't believe in, so whatever. Now I am talking too soft. <laughs> As she points at the microphone. I do. No, you have to go over here because if you bump the stool, the recording agent will be very unhappy with you. Come over here. Stay here. She doesn't like that. Let me have this, jingle dog. (laughs) No, you didn't. Bob, you can't go there. I told you no. We have to finish talking to the stick on the stool. He, he He will stop panting in a moment. He always does. I'm just being patient. You are so not being patient. But I'm glad you're trying right now. I am. (laughs) Okay, good. Thank you. PMS what? (laughs) I love you. You can eat some chocolate right after this, okay? Uh Uh-huh. Shut up, she says.